Progressivism in Action, Chapter 4. For the People Act, a.k.a. John Lewis Voting Act, One-Party Rule, Centralized Control, and Legalized Voter Fraud. Their titles even ring Marxist. To stay in power and out of prison, the progressives are desperate to rush the For the People Act through before the next election. Americans are waking up to the destructive, divisive lies in their corrupt and sane totalitarian policies that are enriching them, impoverishing the working class, and obliterating our society. They are crashing in the polls and their last chance to cling to power is to transform America into a fascist, aristocratic, totalitarian society by amassing illegal immigrants, temporarily redistributing other people's money, and corrupting and changing our election laws. Voter fraud worked so well for the progressives in the 2020 election that the global corporate elite ruling class progressive pigs decided to legalize it by including the For the People Act and the Build Back Better Reconciliation Bill. Using the reconciliation rule, they can push it through with only 50 Democrat partisan votes instead of the customary 60 bipartisan votes. Legalizing voter corruption will solidify their fascist one-party rule with unverified mail-in ballots, unverified ballot signatures, no voter ID requirement, same-day registration, unsecured drop boxes, vote harvesting, rigged voting machines, and infinite voting periods. To bolster support for the bill, the progressives have campaigned against voter integrity laws, claiming election fraud is a figment of our imagination like the other disastrous outcomes and corrupt programs voter fraud has enabled them to implement, such as critical race theory, no-bond prisoner release policies, unconstitutional persecution and prosecution of their political opponents, inflation, higher taxes, bogus vaccine mandates, open borders, Afghanistan, and outright economic, small business, middle class, and sub suburban annihilation. After falsely testifying against Trump during his impeachment trial and mocking Trump's son Barron, Biden appointed Pamela S. Carlin as the DOJ Deputy Assistant Attorney General in the Civil Rights Division. She is now sending threatening letters to the states that are conducting election audits. If you dare provide evidence of election fraud, they will have you fired from your job, revoke your banking privileges, drive you into bankruptcy, place you on a government watch list, censor you on social media, and jail you if possible. Georgia got a taste of the global corporate elite progressive pig's ire when MLB Commissioner Robert Manford moved the 2021 All-Star Game and draft out of Georgia to teach them a lesson for securing their elections. Even the polls show a wide majority of support for voter ID, like Dems 72%, Blacks 75%, and Hispanics 81%. Manford marionettes, like Cubs broadcaster Jim Deshays, still echo racist lies about Georgia's voting laws while broadcasting games. The only people being suppressed when people illegally vote without ID are American citizens. The information below describes the Progressive Pigs for the People Act, including 1. Centralized federalization of our election laws, 2. Its inherent design to create election bias, chaos, and eliminate voter fairness, and 3. Its permanent fascist one-party rule subjugation. Time Magazine's February 2021 article, The Secret History of the Shadow Campaign That Saved the 2020 Election, bragged about the progressives' corruption that took place during the 2020 election. Time claimed that the progressive pigs touched every aspect of the election by getting states to illegally change laws, change voting systems, and secure hundreds of millions of dollars of public-private funds from Facebook, Google, Soros, Twitter, and other globalist corporations. 
Time described how the progressive pigs fended off lawsuits, recruited millions of people to vote by mail, and recruited armies of poll workers like Antifa, BLM, teachers unions, tech employees, and Stacey Abrams' happy faces. Time also described how the progressive pigs pressured social media companies to suppress negative information against their Marxist campaign. Evidence of this suppression is found in a report from the Media Research Center, which states that one in six Biden voters polled would not have voted for Biden if they had the knowledge that was suppressed by big tech and the media, like Joe and Hunter's business corruption. Time bragged about how they launched a campaign to suppress voter fraud information from social media platforms like banning Trump and any skeptics. Time bragged about how the progressive pigs organizations deceitfully fended off voter fraud campaigns by preconditioning the public to believe that the election would be an anomaly that would take weeks to count the votes, a.k.a. to generate enough fraudulent votes to overturn Trump's victory. They boasted how Norm Eason, an Obama lawyer, recruited never-Trumpers and Democrats to the board of the Voter Protection Program. A New York Post article written by William Doyle on October 13, 2021, reported that Mark Zuckerberg spent $419 million to get out the Democrat vote and that this money significantly increased Joe's vote margin in key swing states like Georgia, where Biden allegedly won by 12,000 votes, and Arizona, where he allegedly won by 10,000 votes. The Post claims mergers of public election offices with private resources and personnel are a threat to our republic and should be a focus of reform. The Center for Technology and Civic Life, CTCL, and the Center for Election Innovation and Research, CEIR, passed a staggering $419.5 million of Zuckerberg money to local government election offices. Every grant came with conditions. They required financing of the infiltration of election offices at the city and county level by left-wing activists and to use those offices as a platform to implement preferred administrative practices, voting methods, and data sharing agreements, as well as to launch intensive outreach campaigns in areas heavy with Democratic voters. CTCL and CEIR funded vote navigators in Wisconsin to assist voters at their front doors by answering questions, curing ballots, and witnessing absentee ballot signatures. A temporary staffing agency affiliated with Stacey Abrams called Happy Faces counted the votes amid the election night chaos in Fulton County, Georgia. CTCL demanded the promotion of universal mail-in voting through suspending election laws and extending deadlines that favored mail-in over in-person voting. They expanded opportunities for ballot carrying, expensive bulk mailings, and other lavish community outreach programs that were directed by private activists. CTCL drove the proliferation of unmonitored private drop boxes, creating major chain of custody issues and opportunities for novel forms of mail-in ballot electioneering. They allowed for the submission of numerous questionable post-election day ballots and created opportunities for illegal ballot harvesting. CTCL greatly increased funding for temporary staffing and poll workers, which supported the infiltration of election offices by paid Democratic Party activists coordinated through a complex web of left-leaning nonprofit organizations, social media platforms, and social media election influencers. 
Funding and managing elections have been government functions, not private ones, and for good reason. Private organizations are not subject to public rules of transparency or the checks and balances of the government process and are not accountable to voters if the public disapproves of their actions. The effect of these massive privately manipulated election office funding disparities was to create a shadow election system with a built-in structural bias that systematically favored Democrat voters over Republican voters. The massive influx of funds essentially created a high-power, concierge-like get-out-the-vote effort for Biden that took place inside the election system rather than attempting to influence it from the outside. A Breitbart article Top Democrat lawyer uses dark money network to fund progressive lawsuits, describes how, after pushing the Russian collusion hoax, Mark Elias used a dark money network to fund Democratic lawsuits, fight voter ID, and encourage mail-in ballots. He had extensive ties with a dark money network headed by Arabella Advisors, a company that manages several non-for-profits such as the Hopewell Fund, the 1630 Fund, the New Venture Fund, and the Winward Fund. According to Fox News, in July 2020, Elias created a democracy docket legal fund, a fiscally sponsored project of the Hopewell Fund. Wealthy Democrat donors used these funds to pour cash into dozens of initiatives that fell under Arabella's umbrella to avoid transparency. According to the network's most recent tax forms, the four funds combined to haul in $750 million in cash from secret donors in 2019 alone. Most of the cash went to promote lawsuits. The group also pushes money to outside organizations that don't fall under its auspices. Elias also created the Democracy Docket Action Fund to raise money for voting rights. The New York Times reported last year, according to the Act Blue donation page, the Action Fund is a project of the North Fund, which is also connected to Arabella Advisors. This was all orchestrated to change our voting system during the last days of the election. Center for Tech and Civic Life, CTCL, gave $419 million to Democratic counties in six swing states for one, poll worker recruitment pay and training, two, polling place rental, three, staffing support, four, drive-through voting, five, equipment to process ballots and applications, and six, voter education for cities and counties. Only 10% went for COVID protection, PPE, for poll workers, which CTCL claimed was its original purpose. CTCL's board of directors are Executive Director Tina Epps-Johnson and Obama Foundations Fellow, Director Tammy Patrick, also Senior Advisor to the Elections Program at Democracy Fund, which has funding ties to Soros, and Christy Sinclair, Secretary Director of For Obama's America, FOA. A rhino Bush-appointed judge stopped Wisconsin from trying to stop CTCL's $6.3 million partisan funding of their Democratic-run cities. According to the Center for Responsible Politics, the big tech ruling class contributions to Biden's campaign far exceeded those to Trump's. For example, Google contributed $4,332,294 to Biden and only $106,211 to Trump. Microsoft contributed $2,240,397 to Biden and only $247,998 to Trump. Amazon, $2,224,487 to Biden and $260,140 to Trump. 
Apple, 1,766,724 to Biden and $97,902 to Trump. And Facebook, $1,570,644 to Biden and $40,821 to Trump. These are just a few of the global corporate elite ruling class woke progressive pigs who are stealing and divvying up America and whose loyalties are to China and globalization. Here's a few more. American Express, BlackRock, J.P. Morgan Chase & Company, Cisco, Coca-Cola, Delta, Home Depot, Merck, Porsche, UPS, Viacom, and CPS. The global pigs who are selling out America are endless. American corporations are pressured by their Chinese-based counterparts to go woke and spread racism and division, such as BlackRock's Larry Fink, J.P. Morgan Chase & Company's Jamie Dimon, Bridgewater's CEO Ray Dalio, Microsoft Bill Gates, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg, Twitter's Jack Dorsey, Amazon Bezos, and countless others. Although going woke helps deflect from American corporate improprieties like greed, unhealthy products, and monopolies, it weakens the corporate environment and strengthens China's. Woke corporations slow growth by hiring unqualified quota-based personnel and promote policies that put them at odds with best business practices and their consumers. Soros' Transition Integrity Project, TIP, with ties to Gates, Zuckerberg, Lincoln Project, and others, partnered with China's Bergeron Institute in alleged ballot fraud and littered U.S. media with demands that Biden not concede in the face of an apparent Trump victory. They threatened to unleash Soros' BLM in Antifa on Americans if Biden lost or if Trump refused to step down. Thuggery is symptomatic of the progressives' corporate ruling class pigs who use unions and bureaucrats to pave the way for their fascism. For decades, the progressives have used muscle to invoke unverified ballots, unsecured drop boxes, vote harvesting, rigged voting machines, and same-day registration to subjugate, shake down, and destroy U.S. cities. The ruling class pigs always employ the same methods used in every communist movement. Centralize government control, shift power away from the people, then strip the people of their voice and institutions like Cuba, Russia, and Venezuela. The second purpose for the People Act is to shift power away from the people. Over the decades, the progressives have slowly expanded their fraudulent election techniques to take over conservative districts and states. For example, during the 2018 midterms, after Election Day, conservatives had a substantial lead in one New Mexico and five Southern California congressional districts. Then the progressive thugs went to work using their For the People Act rigged voting techniques. Six weeks after the election, they finally manufactured enough votes to overturn those districts, giving progressives control of the House of Representatives. In 2020, the progressive ruling class, their bureaucrats and thugs, used For the People Act techniques to force an illegitimate runoff in Georgia's Senate race. During those Senate runoffs, they used those same methods to steal both Georgia Senate seats, giving progressives control of the Senate. At midnight on election night, 11-3-2020, Trump was leading Biden in Georgia by 356,945 votes, in Pennsylvania by 555,189 votes, in Michigan by 293,052 votes, and in Wisconsin by 112,022 votes. The following morning at 4.42 a.m. on 11-4-2020, Wisconsin reported 143,000 votes miraculously went to Biden. At 6.31 a.m., 
Michigan reported 147,000 votes miraculously went to Biden. There is now video of Detroit's clandestine, middle of the night, 150,000 ballot drop. Also, in the wee hours of that same morning, Pennsylvania miraculously reported 500,000 votes for Biden and 24,000 votes for Trump. Six weeks later on 12-15-20, Biden astonishingly had an 11,779 vote lead in Georgia, 81,660 vote lead in Pennsylvania, 154,188 vote lead in Michigan, and a 20,682 vote lead in Wisconsin. Astonishingly, 14.7 million unsolicited mail-in ballots went missing nationwide and remain unaccounted for. For the People's Act, comrades, nationwide, Biden won only 477 counties, whereas Trump won 2,496 counties, 2,019 more than Biden. Biden didn't flip a single House vote and lost 27 of 27 state House races. Trump won 18 of the 19 Bellwether counties. Washington's Clallam County, known for its corruption, was the only bellwether county Trump lost in 2020 by 1,600 votes, although he won it in 2016. In 2020, Trump won all the bellwether states that have predicted the election outcome since 1896. In 2020, he received 12 million more votes than he did in 2016, making him the first incumbent president to lose an election after gaining votes. He won his primary by 94%. No president who won his primary above 72% has lost the election. The progressive pigs still pretend Biden won the most presidential votes in history, yet he couldn't get 10 people to attend one of his rallies. The Data Integrity Group found, one, the number of irregular votes in some states greatly exceeded Biden's reported margin of victory. For example, Arizona found 300,000 irregular votes, with Biden claiming a 10,000-vote victory. Georgia, 800,000 irregular votes, with Biden claiming a 12,000-vote victory. Michigan, 400,000 irregular votes, with Biden claiming a 150,000-vote victory. Nevada, 200,000 irregular votes, with Biden claiming a 30,000-vote victory. Pennsylvania, 1.5 million irregular votes, with Biden claiming an 80,000-vote victory. And in Wisconsin, 600,000 irregular votes, with Biden claiming a 20,000-vote victory. Second, unverified signatures on facts, ballots, and votes changed from Trump to Biden. Third, re-interduplicated damaged ballots reverted to pre-filled Joe Biden ballots. Four, voting machines were connected and all shut down at the same time. And five, Smartmatic machines that controlled for duplicate votes could control for other variables. Peter Navarro's legal team uncovered outright voter fraud, ballot mishandling, contestable process files, equal protection clause violations, voting machine irregularities, significant statistical anomalies, bribery, fake ballot manufacturing, and definitely confined voter abuse, ineligible voters who voted in multiple states, dead voters, ghost voters, ballots counted multiple times, and illegal out-of-state voters in Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. In Arizona, conservative estimates of a preliminary audit by Cyber Ninja found 1. 168 ballots were printed on fraudulent paper. 2. 11,000 voters were added to the voter rolls in December that voted on November 3rd. 3. 18,000 voters were scrubbed after the election. 4. 36,000 voters could not prove citizenship. 5. 4,000 voted after the October 15th deadline.
Six, there were 37,000 security queries that deleted the voting logs. Seven, Maricopa County counted 74,243 more mail-in ballots than they mailed. Maricopa claimed those were early votes, but the paper stock was different on those mail-in ballots, and they refused to show their records. If 2.1 million Arizonans voted by mail, where are the other 2,025,757 mail-in ballots? 8. 173,104 people voted, even though the official canvas said they didn't vote. 9. 299,493 votes need to be seriously scrutinized. 10. Phantom, ghost, vacant lot, and non-residential voters totaled 96,389. 11. There were thousands of voters that claimed they voted in person when the official records said they voted by mail. To determine this number, Maricopa County will have to turn over their tally sheets. In 12, aware that the Republicans were going to make a strong showing on Election Day, Democrats gave them Sharpies to fill out their ballots, which bled through the ballot paper. The machines then rejected those ballots, leaving the Democrats to adjudicate them. Another investigation by Mike Roman found that 740,000 Maricopa County ballots did not have proper chain of custody, which violates Arizona statutes. Yet Maricopa County still alleges that Biden's Arizona victory margin was 10,457. The media uses the results of the Arizona audit in their most recent attempt to slander and suppress voter integrity. The Marxists consider Arizona's audit a victory because the vote tally approximated the audit tally, even though there were more than 300,000 questionable votes, including one, 255,000 early votes that didn't have corresponding early vote numbers. Two, 23,344 people voted in districts in which they no longer reside. Three, 23,382 people voted twice. Four, there were 9,041 more mail-in ballots counted than were mailed. Five, none of the Arizona duplicate ballots had proper serial numbers and could have been duplicated several times. Six, 3,400 more ballots were cast than counted in the certified results. Seven, more than 1,500 ballots were cast at the precinct level than showed up to vote. Eight, 2,472 ballots shown in the EV33 that didn't have corresponding entries in the VM55. 9. The machines were connected to the Internet. 10. There was remote access to the Election Management System, EMS. In 11. Internet history was recovered from the EMS server, EMS client workstation, adjudication workstation, and the ReWeb 1601. Controlling the vote tallies either prior, during, or after the election would have been child's play with internet access to the EMS system. Despite Maricopa's unlawful refusal to allow access to routers and databases, the audit uncovered numerous illegal activities regarding the databases including 1. General election results purged from the EMS on 2-1-2021. SQL logs indicate that the RTR admin account purged the general election results from the database. Two, contrary to law, they failed to preserve operating system logs over the election period. For example, they didn't have Windows security logs, and the oldest EMS security log was dated 2-5-2021. Three, there was clear intention to overwrite the security logs by the EMS admin account. They overrode 38,478 log entries between 2-11-2021 and 3-13-2021. 
2004, they deleted 61,384 directories and 447,145 files containing election data from HiPro scanners number 1, 3, and 4 on March 3, 2021. 5. They deleted 9,571 directories and 1,064,746 election files from the EMSD drive between November 1, 2020 and March 16, 2021 prior to the audit. 6. They deleted 865 directories and 85,673 scanned ballot election files, DVD files, slog.txt files, among others, from the EMSC drive between October 28, 2020 and November 5, 2021 prior to the audit. While these illegal tactics could change the final audit tally, they cannot erase the fact that there are more than 300,000 questionable votes. In an interview with OEN's Christina Bob regarding the 2020 election, Arizona Senator Wendy Rogers discussed the informal hearing concerning election fraud in Pima County, Arizona. Several people from Pima County testified that after canvassing 172 homes with 52% of the households responding, 62 or 69% of the early ballots were cast by non-residents, and 45% of all votes cast were fraudulent. There are several Arizona towns with more voters than the people of voting age. For example, Topawa, Arizona has 182 people of voting age, yet has 288 registered voters. Sales, Arizona has 1,375 people of voting age, yet 2,762 people voted. A fraternity house in Arizona has 27 voters with an average age of 45. In Colorado, 5,000 deceased people and 25,000 non-residents voted. Judicial Watch found 40 of the Colorado 64 counties had voter registration rates exceeding 100% of the number of voting age citizens. Voter fraud works so well for Colorado's Progressive Party that the Secretary of State, Jenna Griswold, anointed herself queen, pronounced that everyone now could print their own ballots and denied third-party outside audits. She accused Mesa County Clerk Tina Peterson of revealing passwords that only the Secretary of State's office had access to. Then without oversight and with a Dominion employee, Jenna broke into Tina's office and stole computer files, then stripped Tina of her elected official right to oversee upcoming elections. In Georgia, Biden claimed an 11,779 vote victory. The Data Integrity Group, however, found 1. 150,000 anomalies in Fulton County. 2. Disappearance of over 30,000 votes in Putnam, Dodge, and Duggery counties. 3. 12,000 votes swapped from Trump to Biden in Bibb County. 4. Fulton County printed ballots that misaligned the Republican candidates' bubbles so the voting machines would reject Republican votes, sending them to adjudication. Fulton County State Election Director Richard Barron himself reported on TV they had a 93.67 rejection rate. 5. Dominion voting machines in Fulton County rejected 106,000 of 113,000, 94% of the votes, which two teams of two Democrat operatives adjudicated overwhelmingly in favor of Joe Biden in one night which is miraculous considering it takes two teams two to five minutes to adjudicate a ballot. So it would take two teams 184 days to adjudicate 106,000 ballots. 6. 68,000 underage voters voted in Georgia. 7. 9,953 Georgia voters were registered using non-residential addresses. A. 
1,882 at commercial addresses, B, 1,336 at county and state government buildings, and C, 6,735 at hotels or motels. 8. Zuckerberg Center for Election Innovation and Research, CEIR, gave nine battleground states $69 million, including $5.6 million to Georgia Secretary of State Raffensperger. In 9, Voter Georgia reported that 74 Georgia counties illegally wiped their electronic ballot images to avoid an audit. By law, these images needed to be preserved for a minimum of three years. Fulton County voters sued to inspect ballots. They found evidence showing, one, video of a group of workers illegally scanning thousands of unsealed ballots hidden underneath a skirted table. They scanned 3,000 ballots per hour using five scanners for nearly two hours. There were two affidavits, three media reports, Secretary of State IG Francis Watson's testimony, and an announcement on video that proved monitors were told scanning would stop for the night, yet it continued after they left. Three, ballots were already removed from envelopes. Four, ballots were scanned onto memory cards after monitors left. Five, monitors' view of the skirted table was obstructed by the room's curvature. Six, multiple scanners continually rescanned the same stack of ballots. Seven, after the monitors left and after the ballot scanning was completed around 12.55 a.m., there was an abnormal 100,000-plus Biden vote spike that decided the election. Eight, there were two affidavits stating that the election feed showed a huge spike in Biden votes just after those ballots were illegally processed. Nine, there were four affidavits from experienced auditors who claimed they handled fraudulent ballots. Ten, Fulton County terminated whistleblowers, kept State Farm Arena personnel, and refused to show the ballots to resolve the issue. Eleven, 4,500 voters were not on the voter rolls. 12. 86,000 who supposedly registered in 2016 were not on the rolls when cross-referenced. 13. A small Fulton County recount sample showed 923 of 1,539 mail-in ballots were incorrectly recorded, a 60% error rate. A State Farm Arena and Fulton Tabulation Observer filed an affidavit saying they noticed an abnormal 20,000 Fulton County vote spike for Joe Biden, notified the election director, board and attorney, and filed an ORR open record request that went unanswered. An audit monitor reported noticing three boxes and stacks of 100% Biden ballots on tables. Four auditors detected potentially fraudulent absentee ballots that were A, not creased from being mailed, B, marked with toner rather than a writing instrument, and C, on different stock from other ballots. The audit monitor filed an ORR to view ballots in custody of the election officials but was ignored. Voter GA found 100,000 bogus votes in just a small sample. A, 67,000 people voted who had changed their address. B, 34,000 votes were cast with return to sender stamps, and C, 18,000 dead people voted. Voter GA also found that there were 14,000 excess voters on election night, which forced David Peru into a fraudulent runoff, which he lost, giving the progressive pigs control of the Senate. Voter GA notes that Fulton County is still missing chain of custody information for 18,901 ballots. Georgia State Senator Brandon Beach claims that their tally sheets don't match up with their ballots and that between 17,000 and 35,000 counterfeit ballots were run through a copy machine that had the same half-moon shape on them.
Beach stated, the bad thing is, not only for President Trump, but David Perdue, who could have prevented a runoff if this didn't happen. Beach wants to look at 147,800 ballots. In response to all these allegations, Georgia's Secretary of State Raffensperger cleaned 120,000 voters from the rolls after the election to hide voter fraud. There are many reports in the media of Georgia's voting irregularities, including one, Georgia State News, reported 43,907 drop box ballots violate a chain of custody requirements. Two, the Federalists reported 35,000 people voted in a county from which they moved. Three, VoterGA.org reported Fulton County's audit was off by 60%, 100,000 tally sheets were missing, and seven falsified tally sheets. Four, PublicInterestLegal.org reported 217,677 mail-in ballots unaccounted for and 27,287 deemed undeliverable. And five, SecretaryOfState.Georgia.gov reported 101,789 obsolete and outdated voter files and 185,666 had no contact notices. The progressive corporate media insists that the votes were counted three times, but in the original election results, there were accumulated votes hidden in the barcodes that were from unverified voters. The state board election recount was pointless as it simply rescanned the same barcodes, resulting in a reprinting of the previously unverifiable results. In the full hand count audit, one, tables did not have a member of each party present, Two, data upload points could not be monitored in most counties. Three, counties were forced to enter data into the Secretary of State system. Four, counties had no result totals. Secretary of State told them their results. Five, monitors were prohibited by six feet distant restrictions, making monitoring meaningless. And six, CPGA monitors were refused in Fulton and Cobb counties, even though they had a qualified presidential write-in candidate. In Michigan, OAN's Christina Bob investigated the 2020 election. She learned that at 4 a.m. on November 4th, the morning after the election, Trump was more than 300,000 votes ahead of Biden. According to Monica Palmer, a Wayne County canvasser, around 11 p.m., they finished counting around 110,000 votes. Then around 3.30 a.m., a mysterious truck arrived with 30,000 ballots, which multiple witnesses claim weren't nearly enough to overturn Trump's victory. Yet Biden made up 450,000 votes to win by 150,000 votes. Progressives claim Biden received 96% of the mysterious 450,000 votes. Where did the other 420,000 ballots come from? Palmer also claimed the poll books didn't match and refused to certify the election when miraculously people brought in whole containers filled with brand new revised poll books. Linda Lee Traver, an election integrity expert, claims it was a coordinated effort to steal the election. She claimed the Secretary of State mailed out ballots to people that hadn't requested them, which had never been done before. The Secretary of State allowed a private organization, Rock the Vote, access to the qualified voter database, complete with addresses, the last four digits of Social Security numbers, and driver's license numbers. The Secretary of State was charged with protecting this information, which was used to illegally harvest ballots and stuff ballot boxes. Trevor claims there are three clerks in Michigan charged with felonies for cheating in the 2020 election, including Sharika Hawkins. 
She further claims that the Republican poll observers were locked out of the counting rooms in violation of the law. Flat ballots were brought in at 3 p.m., which were never folded but counted. Illegal ballots were being cast, and absentee ballots were counted as mail-in ballots and were counted with numbers that didn't match. Other observers testified that thousands of unverified ballots were run through the counting machines and hundreds of mysterious metal suitcases, like in Georgia, were on pallets partly shrunk wrapped and full of thousands of unknown ballots. Jackie Eubanks, candidate for Michigan State Representatives, claims the Secretary of State was mailing absentee ballots directly to the clerk's office, all with the same signatures in the same envelope. After canvassing door-to-door, she discovered that the absentee ballot box had been stuffed with fake ballots with over a 17.5 voter fraud anomaly rate. She found people that the state claimed voted by mail had actually voted in person and vice versa, and others that the state claimed voted in the district had moved. This would mean that, in Jackie's Macomb County, 87,000 illegal votes were cast. In Wayne County, this voter fraud anomaly rate would translate to 154,000 illegal votes. Statewide, this would mean over 900,000 illegal votes were cast. Remarkably, Ruth Johnson, former Secretary of State and current state senator, discovered that current Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson went back 12 years to add 800,000 ineligible voters to Michigan's voter rolls. Johnson sent this information to her Senate colleagues in an email, which was subsequently leaked. In Nevada, in 2020, Trump received 158,000 more votes than in 2016, but the progressives who recently took control of the state claimed he lost by 33,000 votes. The Voter Reference Foundation found Nevada cast 8,952 more ballots than there were registered voters. Peter Navarro's legal team found 4,000 non-citizens voted, 19,000 people voted from vacant lots, 1,500 dead people voted, 15,000 voted who lived in another state, and 44,000 double voted, totaling 92.5 thousand illegal votes. In 2016, New Hampshire only increased voters by 13,000, but in 2020, voters mysteriously increased by 200,000. In Pennsylvania, at 8 a.m. on election night, November 3, 2020, Trump led Biden 2,821,610 to 1,408,564 votes, a 1,413,046 vote lead. Election officials claim Trump only received 49,323 provisional ballots, while Biden received 52,847. They also claim Trump only received 594,645 mail-in ballots, while Biden received 1,994,597, totaling 2,589,242 mail-in ballots. However, Pennsylvania only mailed out 1,823,148 mail-in ballots, of which 1,462,302 were returned. Where did the extra 1,126,940 mail-in ballots come from? The Data Integrity Group found 400,000 errors unaccounted for in Pennsylvania's election. To block the election audit, Republican President of the Pennsylvania Senate, Jake Corman, fired Republican Senator Mastrano's entire staff. In Pennsylvania from 2016 to 2020, Republicans outregistered Democrats 21 to 1. This translated to a 659,145 vote lead at 12.38 a.m. on election night with Trump up by 15 points. 
Pennsylvania had won 71,893 mail-in ballots returned after 8 a.m. on November 3, 2020. Two, 10,515 mail-in votes from people who didn't exist on the Pennsylvania voting rolls. Three, 51,792 voters with inactive voter registration at the end of October 2020 who voted. Four, 305,874 voters who were removed from the voter rolls after the November 3, 2020 election. Five, 57,000 duplicate voter registrations. And six, 39,911 people who were added to the voter rolls under 17 years of age. Mike Roman, an election operation expert, discovered that although conservative organizations were excluded, at least 45 progressive organizations received access to and the ability to add voters to the Pennsylvania voter files and registration rolls. The list of these organizations include Twitter, Project Home, Planned Parenthood, Pennsylvania Voice, Pennsylvania Stands Up, NAACP, and NextGen Pennsylvania. Knowing when and how a person voted, for example, by mail, absentee, or in person, gave left-leaning political-affiliated organizations a tremendous advantage. While their oppositions had to manually research, pound pavement, knock on doors, and staff phone banks to hopefully incentivize a recruit to register, access to these databases gave progressives the ability to effortlessly sit in front of a keyboard, directly recruit, and add like-minded voters to Pennsylvania voter rolls. Secretary of State and election offices in Wisconsin, Michigan, Arizona, and others have allowed organizations such as these to now have permanent access to their voting databases, circumvent state authority, and privately control state and federal elections. Roman additionally found that Pennsylvania had 121,000 more votes than they had voters spread across 67 counties. The largest number of illegitimate votes came from counties that surrounded Philadelphia, with Philadelphia comprising 10% of the fraudulent votes. This far exceeded Biden's 80,500 margin of victory in the state. Roman claims that many people were able to cast absentee ballots or mail-in ballots and then go to the polls and vote again. He explains that just prior to the 2020 election, after the tech sector dumped $34 million into the Pennsylvania elections, Pennsylvania changed their voting process. Excuse-only absentee ballots changed to no-excuse-needed absentee ballots with no signature requirement. Additionally, Pennsylvania changed the absentee ballot processing date to on and after the election. Absentee ballots were no longer marked in the poll books, and instead of processing absentee ballots in their counties of origin, they centralized the processing within the state. This has allowed people to vote in person after casting an absentee ballot. Roman claims the number of absentee ballots cast in Pennsylvania was previously minuscule, but now is mushroomed. In 2016, Trump won Wisconsin by 27,257 after receiving 1,409,467 votes. In 2020, Wisconsin claimed he lost the state by 20,000 votes despite receiving 200,000 more votes than in 2016. Wisconsin had 169,000 more votes than registered voters. Look Ahead America found that 160,000 of Wisconsin's 170,000 indefinitely confined voter ballots were illegally cast, which is eight times Biden's 20,000 vote margin of victory. These ballots were intended for individuals who needed an ambulance to leave their home. The law was illegally changed in 2019, making these ballots the only way to vote in Wisconsin without a signature or ID, and their quantity miraculously increased from a few hundred in past elections to over 170,000 in the 2020 election. 
Additionally, several emails uncovered from Wisconsin's election officials each claimed that at 8 a.m., just enough Biden ballots were dropped off to put him over the margin of victory. In Wisconsin, same-day registrants are required to use the last four digits of their Social Security or driver's license number to register to vote. Although their ballots still counted when cross-checked, it was discovered that 20,000 people voted under same-day registration who were not on record with the Wisconsin DMV. To prevent the tracking of voter fraud, in June after the election, the Wisconsin Election Commission deactivated more than 205,000 voters who were mailed ballots. OEN's Christina Bob's interview with Wisconsin's Assembly Committee Chairperson Janelle Branchin exposed hundreds of emails that prove Wisconsin's Election Commission directors gave CTCL's Michael Rubenstein, a New York Democratic operative, handheld apps and interactive maps of their registered voters. Rubenstein then requested via email that Clary Woodall Vogue, Director of Milwaukee Elections, send their list of active voters, absentee applications, ballots received, and ballots rejected and returned to be cured so he could add census data and zip codes to the maps. CTCL, along with other Democratic organizations, then build interactive programs to harvest Wisconsin ballots. Branchin feels that because CTCL gave 8 to $10 million to Green Bay, Kenosha, Madison, Milwaukee, and Racine to report to them and other Democratic organizations directly, because CTCL and other Democratic organizations were working directly with Wisconsin's Elections IT Department, and because USPS was scanning and providing CTCL with real-time return ballot information, this made for an unfair election. Just like in Michigan, Arizona, and other states, CTCL now has direct access to Wisconsin's voting system and can now bypass the state in future elections. Additionally, Wisconsin has 7 million people on their voter rolls, but only has 4.5 million eligible voters over the age of 18. Voter turnout in Wisconsin's 2020 elections was an astronomical 93.7%, which has raised concerns about the state's voter integrity. And the third thing the For the People Act will do will be strip the people of their voice and institutions. Who are you going to believe, the progressives or your lying eyes? The corporate elite progressive pigs in their media preconditioned the public to a Trump loss by using suppression polls designed to suggest landslide Trump losses, create apathetic Trump voters, and imply that there would be a tsunami of Biden mail-in ballots lasting several days after the election. What the corporate progressive media failed to mention was that most mail-in ballots, specifically in those questionable swing states, were counted on or prior to election eve. Following Saul Alinsky's rules for radicals, progressives preemptively reduce suspicion of voter fraud by claiming the states and districts they are seizing are bluer than reality suggests. They've been using this strategy for decades to seize and control states like Illinois, Michigan, New York, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Washington, Wisconsin, and others, and are using it to gain control of Arizona, Florida, Georgia, Nevada, Texas, and other states across the country. Like the examples above, the For the People Act is designed to create election bias and chaos and eliminate voter fairness. It makes permanent unverified mail-in ballots and unverified ballot signatures. It denies voter ID but allows same-day registration, unsecure drop boxes, vote harvesting, rigged voting machines, and infinite voting periods. It installs a centralized fascist one-party voting system that removes checks and balances, legalizes voter fraud and corruption, and will solidify the progressive fascist one-party rule. 
unrestrained progressives will, in the filibuster, pack the courts and Senate, increase their suppression of the media, speech, and civil liberties, beat, jail, and oppress their adversaries, and continue changing the demographics of the United States. They'll continue to buy votes until taxpayer money runs out, and they have unmitigated, subjugated control. After illegitimately stealing the House, Senate, and Presidency, the elite ruling class and their swamp pigs, bureaucrats, DOJ, intelligence agencies, unions, social media, global corporations, now feel they have a mandate to transform America into Soros's global fascist Marxist one-world order and want to permanently legalize and centralize their voting fraud across the country. For the People's Act, comrades.